0: I'd also like to welcome everyone who's watching on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, and listening on podcasts. God bless all those who couldn't be here today, but who want to connect in. We want to give you a round of applause as well. Let's welcome all our guests online. I'm doing part two of what I started last week. And last week we called it, or I called it, Water Daughter. We looked at a girl called Rebecca, who did something remarkable. And she was the daughter of Abraham's nephew. And she did something remarkable, simple, with water. She really went out of her way to help a stranger. And we're going to look at what we can learn from that. But as we go into it, we can see that we're going to be looking at Abraham. Now, if you're not sure who he was, he was the founder, if you will, of Judaism, of the Jewish faith. And the Christian faith came from the Jewish faith. So he was, if you will, the founder of even our faith in that sense, if you look at it historically. So Abraham is known as Father Abraham, isn't he? Yes. In fact, I remember a song when I was a young Christian, decades ago. Does anyone remember the song, Father Abraham? Yes. Uh, uh. Come on, well, let's sing it. One, two, three. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. Do, do. So oh, let's just praise the Lord. You no know, daughters, only sons, okay? <laughs> anyway, I remember singing that as a 19-year-old. It wasn't exactly the coolest song. But you know what? Jesus had come into my heart and I didn't care. I wanted to praise God. So Abraham, if you will, was the father of all things spiritual in that sense. But he was getting old <laughs> and his son Isaac did not have a wife. We looked last week, how oh, Abram didn't want him to marry any of the local girls because they were, and archaeology proves this, they were not good living people. STIs were rampant in Canaanite culture. They can still see the evidence of syphilis and the skeletons that they uncovered there. They worshipped false gods. They killed their own children, sacrificed them on the fire to appease the demon god they worshipped. So Abraham didn't want his son to marry a local girl. He wanted his son to marry a girl who would have a faith in God. And so we meet Uh, His trusted senior servant, who was called Eliezer, he was the man Abraham trusted. And Abraham, and this is how they did it back then, sent him on a journey to go back to the land Abraham had originally come from to see if he could find someone from Abraham's tribe. Because there was some degree of faith And good living going on there. And Eliezer took the long journey with all the camels. And when he got to the well, we saw how he prayed a prayer. And we call it the sign of the fleece, which comes from Gideon and Judges 6. And this is where you ask God, God, if you want me to do this, would you do something remarkable but possible? And his remarkable but possible was he would ask whatever girl came to the well and he would say, can you give me a drink of water? And he prayed that she would then freely say, let me give water to your camels. And he would loads the camels. So the girl was up and down, carrying heavy pots and jars of water. And a girl came along and did this. And so he knew this girl, Rebecca was her name, was definitely the girl that God wanted for Isaac. I have prayed a fleece. Uh, in my own life on a number of occasions. And anytime time it happened, my faith grew way stronger because I knew that I knew that I knew God heard my prayer. Amen. And he answered. It has to be something possible, but something remarkable. And so it turned out that there was a divine appointment where um, Eliezer met this girl at the well. And of course, we met Rebecca, who was going to become a wife for Isaac so that's what we looked at last week you can check it out on any of our platforms uh, if you want to find out more detail we're still in uh, Genesis 24 the beginning of the Bible but we're now in the final part of the chapter and I think there's an awful lot in this that we can take home and impact our lives even this week so I pray God that your word would be alive It's sharper than any two-edged sword. (coughs) Cut away, God, what needs to be cut away and give us what we need to take from this. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. When the camels had finished drinking, Eliezer gave Rebecca expensive gifts and he asked her who her family were. I'm the daughter of Bethuel, who's the son of Nahor, she said. Then Eliezer thanked the Lord for leading him to Abraham's kinsmen or tribe. And Rebekah ran home to tell her family. As soon as Rebekah's brother, Laban, saw the expensive jewelry, he went out to welcome Eliezer into their home and called for food for him. But Eliezer replied, I will not eat until I have said what I need to say. And when he'd finished sharing his account, Laban and his father said, This marriage can only be from the Lord. We give our blessing to Rebekah to be given to Isaac as his wife. Then Eliezer bowed down and thanked the Lord and brought out gifts of gold and silver and beautiful garments for Rebekah and also for her mother and Laban, her brother. Next morning, and as Eliezer was getting ready to return to Abraham, Laban said to him, let Rebecca stay another 10 days. After that, she can go, finally. But Eliezer said to him, do not delay me. The Lord is leading me on this journey. So they called Rebecca and asked her, do you want to go with Eliezer today? And Rebecca said, yes, I will go. And so they left that place behind and move forward on their journey to Abraham and Isaac. And when Rebecca finally saw Isaac, she took her veil, covered herself. And after Eliezer told Isaac everything, he took Rebecca, Isaac took (laughs) Rebecca as his wife, and he loved her. Amen. There's so much going on here. It really is rich and deep. So I'm going to do a bit of preaching and teaching. Are you okay with that? Yes. Yes. You don't have a choice anyway. You're, good, so you're going to have to stick with me. So we're told that after Eliezer had gave Rebekah expensive gifts, he asked her who her family were, she told him, and he thanked the Lord for leading him to Abraham's family. Now, it was a divine appointment. And maybe you can pray this for your life. Some of us prayed it last week. This girl came out of nowhere and into his experience because God had bought it boat. Do you know, God brings people across your path?? Do you believe that? Yes. Is it all just chance? The world is far too complicated. We know there is a divine imprint on our lives, and you can smell it. I speak figuratively, when the fingerprints of God are on someone's life. You know why? They bring life, not death. They build you up. They don't tear you down. They're for you, not against you. And so she told him that she was from this tribe, and he knew then. He thanked the Lord. So what we've got is a double blessing. I don't know about you, but um, I've often been... Years ago, when I didn't have a car in between cars, and you'd have to rely on the buses, and you're waiting for the bus, and the bus is meant to be there 20 past six, and now it's 20 to seven, and there's no bus, and you go, oh, what kind of a country am I living in? And there's no buses, and it's those fellas working for bus airing, and next thing you get two or three buses all together. Has anyone else had that experience, just like me? Yeah, confession is good for the soul. I don't know what it is, it's almost like an unspoken law, a rhythm in the universe. But so often in life, we can be waiting for something to happen and nothing happens and nothing happens. And then out of the blue, boom, 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 a whole lot of things happen together. Spiritually, we can be praying for something and it is as if nothing is happening. But then, we get a double blessing. And a triple blessing. And a whole load of blessings come together. And that's what happened for Eliezer. Because he prayed this divine appointment that this girl would feed all the camels and then that she would be from, Abraham had said she would be from the tribe. So it was a double blessing. So they go back to Rebecca's house and who do we meet straight away? We meet a guy called Laban, her older brother. And as soon as Laban saw the expense of jewelry, he said, we need to give this to the poor. No, no, he went out to, to welcome Eliezer and called, called for food for him. Now you're going to meet him as you read the Bible later on. This guy was a chancer, he was a gangster, he manipulated people, he even manipulated his own daughters and treated them cruelly. This guy was all on the take. It's so different to his sister. His sister was someone who gave, but Eliezer, or Leban, was someone who took. And so because he saw the expensive jewellery, he goes out to welcome Eliezer. That's the main reason. The thing is, though, that um, Eliezer bought gifts not just for Rebecca, but we read that he brought gifts for her parents, for her brother. He gave gifts to all. So Laban was quite interested. You know what? Laban didn't deserve anything. He didn't deserve any gifts. He was a chancer. Yet because his sister had faith in God and was used by God, Because of that, a blessing came on the household. Here's the truth. When there's a Christian, if there's only one, in a household, a blessing comes on that household. That's what the Bible says. In fact, for example, the great apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7.14 in the New Testament, the Christians unbelieving, husband or wife, and their children are blessed because of the Christian. So he's saying, if you're a guy and your wife isn't a Christian and your kids aren't Christian and you're the only Christian in your house, yet you bring a blessing into that house. Not only a blessing generally, but a blessing spiritually because of all places, they have a greater chance of coming to faith in Jesus Christ because you are near them. Hallelujah. And if you're a a lady sister here and your husband isn't a Christian, he's blessed he mightn't deserve it but he's blessed and so are your children so this is a principle we see in scripture and you know what maybe some of us need to pray for our families if you're the only christian or there's only one or two of you the god i read about in the bible says he brings household salvation again and again we read all that house came to faith in jesus christ their lives were changed the bible calls it being born but we say that with a bit of joy. The Bible calls have been born Amen. again. Hallelujah. It's having a spiritual birth. It's where we're born physically, but then we're born spiritually. And so here we see that, and there's a blessing. Now, the unbelievers in our homes, they don't get the blessing of salvation. They've got to decide that for themselves. So that is not part of the blessing, but there's a greater chance that they will. Maybe we pray that everyone in your household has that opportunity, amen, Amen. and that they'd come to salvation. So that's a, a bit of a background thing. Back to the main point of the story. Laban offers food, the brother, but the servant Eliezer says to Laban, I will not eat until I say what I need to say. Laban was basically saying there's something more important than food going on here. Can I say, if you're really hungry right now for roast chicken at home, there's something more important than roast chicken going on here. You've all day long to eat your chicken, but how about we feed our souls as well? Hallelujah. Praise God. So, not only that, but this is a statement of faith on behalf of Laban. I will not sit down to eat. I first need to tell what God is doing. And it's a good principle. And so he goes into all the account of the miraculous way he came on his journey. And then we're told he brought out gifts of gold and silver and beautiful garments. Now the Bible is so trustworthy. Did you know there are formulas, mathematical formulas, that are perfect in God's Word, the Bible? You can trust the Bible. It's been trusted for thousands of years. Mathematically, poetically, historically, spiritually, trust God's Word. Hallelujah! Fashion comes and goes. What's politically correct today will be gone tomorrow, and it was gone yesterday don't put your trust on shifting sand trust on the solid rock that is jesus christ amen Amen. but we read he bought these gifts gold is a symbol of god divinity silver is the symbol in the bible of salvation and the garment is how god changes our lives you take off the old dirty garment and you put on a new one hallelujah I feel another song coming along (laughs) He gave me beauty for ashes The oil of joy for mourning Where only the old people singing Garments of praise For the spirit of heaviness That we might be trees of righteousness The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Woo! Well done to the six of you. <laughs> he gave me beauty for uh, the, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God changes our clothes spiritually, metaphorically. We come with dirty clothes. We come with the clothes of, a, of an addict. We come with the clothes of depression. We come with the clothes of someone who's lonely. We can come with so many different garments. And the God who loves you takes off those old garments. And he gives you a new garment. Hallelujah. The garments of praise for a spirit of heaviness. I had a spirit of heaviness. But Jesus took him from me. And he gave me the garments of praise. So you know what? I can't help but praise God. Every day of my life. Every time I'm in church, I can't help but rejoice before him because he's changed my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once we were no people, now we are the people of God. Hallelujah. What does the New Testament say? Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is salvation and eternal life in any God you choose. Mm. With the deepest of respect, in Buddha, in Muhammad, in Krishna, in Jesus Christ. There is only one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. You might go, oh, that's very narrow-minded. Okay. Fight with God on it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now either that is a lie or it's the truth. What do you think? Truth. truth. Anyone down the back? Truth. Anyone kind of go, I'm not sure really. It's the truth. So the gold and the silver. And so we see what we call symbolism, typology going on here. And so we see that Abraham is a figuratively God the Father in this. And Isaac, his only son, is symbolically Jesus Christ. And we see that Eliezer is the servant of God. Maybe you, maybe me. And we see Rebekah is the Christian, the church, coming, leaving the old life behind and going to a new life. Look at it very briefly. Look at his message. My master, the father, is great. His only son overcame death. Isaac was on the altar. He was about to be sacrificed and the angel appeared. So just like Jesus, he overcame death. His only son is the heir. He's calling for a bride who will leave behind the old life and start a new life with him. Hallelujah. Do you know that the Bible promises, and I touched on this last week, that when Jesus comes again, the second coming, there will be what's known in the Bible as the marriage of the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb of God. The bride is everyone who is born again, who's ever lived. Mightn't be in this church or a church like it, but you love God. And everyone who loves God is bought as a bride. It's a symbol. And then we connect with Jesus even more. It's the marriage feast. That's our future. So Eliezer, the servant, he's coming. And his words still speak today. Hallelujah. Will you leave behind the old life and start the new life? Who'll say hallelujah. hallelujah? What a wonderful invitation. The second coming will happen, it could happen any day. If you look at what's happening in Israel and Gaza, and I said this last week as well, all of the prophecies in the Bible point to that part of the world as being a sign of the end of the days, Armageddon is actually physically there. It mightn't be this situation, but it might be. Either way, God calls on you and me, be ready, be ready. Would you say amen? amen? Be ready. In Irish, we say be olive. Be olive. So here we have Eliezer coming. And so this is quite an interesting typology. Back to our main story. Then Laban the next morning said to Eliezer, let Rebecca stay here another 10 days, then she can go. So they've had the night, they've agreed that Rebecca is going to leave behind the old way of living and leave that place and go to the promised land, go to her husband-to-be, go to the will of God. But yet we see there's always a Laban. There's always a saboteur in every family. In every situation, there will be someone who tries to stop what's happening. What did Laban say? Or what did Eliezer say? Here's a second statement of faith. Do not delay me. The Lord is leading me on this journey. LeBan said, no. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you you and I can say is no. Don't be the boy who just couldn't say no. Sometimes you gotta say no. Sometimes the most spiritual thing is no. I know we sing a song sometimes, and it's so true, talking about the Lord. All his promises are yes and amen, and they are. But sometimes as Christians, we've got to say no. We have to say no to depression. We have to say no to addiction. We have to say no to exploitation. We have to say no to falsehood. Will anyone say amen? amen? We have to say no. And when we have someone who tries to drag us back, no. No, I'm not going down that road. You're better than that. You are. You're called to greater things than that. And so am I. And so is everyone who calls on the Lord. Sorry. Okay, no happened there. Let's just go through. I love what a guy calls. Dr. Donald Barnhouse, he was a preacher and broadcaster. He said, If the enemy can't persuade you to remain in your old life, his next attempt is to delay you from moving on. So, trick number one get you not to have any faith in God. And if he can't stop that, his next trick is to try and delay you. And so, what? Did Eliezer say, he said, no. Don't let anyone delay you. If you're in a situation and you know it's not good for you, leave. Move forward. Hallelujah. Leave it behind. Amen. Don't let anyone delay you. And did Rebecca allow herself to be delayed? No. No. She was willing to go because she knew God was in this. She knew this was her destiny. You have a destiny. So have I. And we're not called to be with the Lebans of this world who are only on the take. We're called to something higher. We're called to something greater. We're called to something wonderful. Amen. Not because we're necessarily wonderful, but he is. Amen. You just sang it. Hallelujah. What a wonderful name it is. His name is beautiful, his name is powerful, and his name is wonderful. So we're called to that. So what does Rebecca do? She said, yes, I will go. This is the third and final statement of faith in this account. Yes, I will go. Rebecca, you never met these guys. Rebecca, you were never in that country. Rebecca, you don't even know what your husband looked like. There was a thing on the telly there recently where people were marrying people they never met. Did you ever see that or hear about it? What a load of old rubbish, but she didn't know what he looked like. She didn't exactly check him out on Instagram, now did she? So she's going to marry a man she never met. She's going to a country she never was in. She didn't know what his parents like She knew nothing, but she knew God. And one with God is a majority. If God be for me, Who can be against me? How about we try that again? If God be for me, Who can be against me? Who can be against me? This is a woman of faith. And so she leaves behind the old ways. And God is saying that to someone here today. Leave behind the old ways. There's no future with Laban. What are you staying with him for? What are you staying that way of life? God has something greater for, for you. And he's got something better for you. And she didn't just leave it behind. She moved forward on her journey. And she moves, of course, as we know, to Isaac and to Abraham. And we were told that when they arrived at that place, she saw Isaac and she covers herself with her veil. Then Isaac took her as his wife and he loved her. Hallelujah. It's so interesting. She didn't decide to show a bit of flesh, did she? No. She didn't decide to say, here's Isaac, I'll show him a bit of leg. You don't want to see my leg, but I'll show him a bit of leg. No. You see, that's the way of the world. Sisters, her brothers, we're called to something better. And you know what? There's something of the mystery, of the mystique. She covered herself, it intrigued him more. You can show a bit of flesh and you might get something for a night. But you won't get something good. And you won't get something that is life-giving forever. So sometimes it's better to cover up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Would any young people say amen? Amen. amen? amen. Sometimes it's better to cover up. Isaac loved her. It's evil. Even if you fall, God isn't going to let you fall. Amen. Even if you've crawled in the door here and you feel like you're on the ground, I prophesy Jesus Christ is lifting you up. Your future is not in the mud. Your future is in heaven. God has called you to something far greater than the gutter. Hallelujah. Praise God.